everybody. This is Emery Kittle. I'm Mike Deese. And we are here for another episode of the 12-Minute Dog Podcast. Hey, it's great to be back. I had a great time for the last three months doing a remodeling project, and we actually moved our location in a bigger, better place. So if you want to see us, we are at 12902 West 87th Street Parkway in Lenexa, Kansas. Come on by and say hi. I guess the easiest way, anybody who knows Lenexa, if you know where Tanner's is on 87th Street, they're next door. Oh, yeah. We go there quite a bit. So, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, this is going to be a holiday version of our podcast. So, Yeah, so instead of instead of talking about the happy holidays, we're going to talk about the, the I'm just going to come out and say it, the dumb decision of buying a dog or a puppy or a pet for that matter. It could be anything over the holidays, especially as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I would agree uh, for like 99% of the time, unless it's, we'll talk about well-organized oiled machine. Right. Yeah. So you can do it, but it has to be the right situation or you're going to regret it. Absolutely. So the big thing I want people to realize is a lot of times we'll go buy our girlfriend a puppy or we'll buy our kids a puppy or our better you know, half. And we assume that everybody wants a puppy and everybody does want a puppy. When, when you look in that box and you see that cute, adorable puppy, um, everybody wants to pick it up, love on it, and have fun. But the problem is nobody thinks about the 15-year commitment. Mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. estimates as high as fifteen dollars to $20,000 over the life of a pet, yeah. you know, for all the stuff that goes into it. You know, there's tons of stuff that we have to think about here. So, I mean, number one, do we have the right... To give that kind of gift that might take us a grand total of 20 minutes to give, but it's going to be 15 years for the person getting it. I, sometimes people are not on the same page right. and nobody's going to turn down a puppy. They're just going to say <laughs> wonderful and then be pissed off six months later when it becomes difficult. Yeah, there's so much to this, too. Like, I mean, if you give it to a child, is a child responsible enough to do that? It may be even if they really want a puppy, which they all do. Are you going to be the one picking up after it? Are you going to be the one replacing that furniture? Exactly. So it's one of those things that I think if we go in with our eyes wide open, um, one of the things I always recommend to clients is maybe we go buy a crate and a dog bed and a dog bowl and a dog water, you know, set up and we wrap all that and you can open it up on Christmas morning And you can say, now the next thing we're going to do is start getting ready for the puppy. But we wanted to let you know as a Christmas gift, you're going to get a puppy. And then spend the next two or three months getting ready Mm -hmm. versus, okay, we got a puppy. What do we do? You know, you and I were laughing earlier. It's kind of like, how many people really stop and think about what kind of potty training? Do you really want to do potty training with a puppy Mm -hmm. over the holidays when you're going to have people coming in and out of the house? going to be traveling mm-hmm. most doggy daycares are shut down uh, or not taking clients that week uh, it just it really puts people behind a rock in a hard place mm-hmm. um, of trying to make this work right and it's going to be cold outside really soon so are you going to be going outside and, and walking your dog yep or are you going to want to wait until spring yep and, and you know here's the deal i mean i'll just give a huge shout out for you know the guy i mentor he, I consider as my mentor as a dog trainer, and that's Ian Dunbar. Uh, for years, he has had, and I still think you can get it free if you look for it. I think it's on his website called Before and After You Get Your Puppy. And it's an audio book, ebook, print book. 
Um, it, it is probably the best primer for people to read before they get a dog to where they really realize what's about to happen mm -hmm. and what it's going to require. Um, you know, and a lot of times dads will go and they'll buy the family a dog or a puppy for Christmas. Well, and mom ends up being the one that has to take care of the dog because dad goes off to work and mom might be at home with the kids and the kids decide they didn't want the puppy. And now mom's stuck with a dog. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so all of these things become really important. This, you know, and we're probably jumping a little bit ahead, but one of the things I love is the idea of let's hire a dog trainer before we get a puppy. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about what kind of lifestyle you have, what kind of dog you're thinking about getting. Will that type of dog fit that lifestyle? You know, a lot of people... Um, lead, lead pretty sedentary lives, and then I hear they want to go get a mini Aussie as, <laughs> as, as a dog, um, whereas, you know, a uh, English Bulldog or a Great Pyrenees or a Newfoundland that's going to be very lazy as they grow up might not be a bad idea, right. um, you know, or people will go out and get a Beagle and then complain that it's hard to walk because its nose is on the ground all the time, <laughs> or maybe it's a, a Poodle or a Schnauzer and they bark all the time. Well, if we spend just a little bit of time looking at different breeds, we can find a breed that fits your lifestyle. Absolutely. And that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, are we going to get a purebred? Are we going to get a mixed breed? Are we going to go to a breeder? Are we going to go to a rescue? Mm -hmm. You know, how much time is it going to take to potty train? Should I neuter and spay right off the bat or should I wait? Who's going to be your veterinarian? We have no idea. Um, these are all the questions we've got to figure out before we get the dog. Sure. So, and Also, do you have other pets in the house? How is it going to interact with that? I didn't even think about that. But like, if you've already got cats in the house or you've got an older dog that may not be as tolerant of a puppy, um, these are all great things to remember. Now, if you hire a trainer, we're going to be able to say, okay, let's put together the gift package and then let's spend the next two or three months setting ourselves up for success versus just kind of throwing you-know-what against the wall and hoping it sticks. And it never does. I always joke with my clients, if you have to put the word hope at the front of the sentence, you're doing it wrong. Oh. Okay? <laughs> so, um, you know, I will say, now, I saw something on social media, and that's really what kind of triggered my, my thought process in doing this topic, is it was a new idea on an old take. And that was, what about fostering a dog? I love that idea. Over the holidays. You know, so you could bring a puppy into the house. You could foster it. You could almost test drive this little puppy, and then you could fail foster, and you could keep the puppy. But if it ends up being too much work, you just foster the dog long enough to take it to a couple of adoption events and things like this. There are so many puppies that need fostering right now in the metro area. It's not funny. And I had never really heard anybody talk about this as an option as a way to get your puppy fix out of the way. Sure. And I think it's just brilliant. It's a great idea. Not only that, but you may find out your child may be allergic to pets. Or that you may find out, hey, you know what? This type of, of breed of dog has a smell to it that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Or that I don't like all this hair. Yep. I want a dog that doesn't shed. So that's a great way. It's like a way to test drive a car before you buy it. Yep. And you're giving back to the community and to the dog world in a way that we really, really, really need. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. I really love that idea. And, you know, nutritionally speaking, from my, my area of the expertise, there is some things, there are some things to think about as well. You know, what are you going to be feeding that pet? If you're going to be um, having a, a dog that lives 
17 years, you're going to need to be feeding it a healthy, all-natural pet food if you want to keep down your vet bills. Uh, it's a big deal to keep your, your dog's teeth and the oral hygiene up. Yep. Uh, there's all sorts of things that you, you probably really need to think about. If it's a, a breed that needs to be groomed, then you need to learn how to properly brush and comb that dog because what about so the many cost? People. I mean, just the cost of grooming. Oh, yeah. Like, you guys do that with the Grooming Academy, but, you know, you're talking to a guy who's had... Liam Burgers, Great Pyrenees, Newfoundlands. I mean, these are dogs that if I don't brush them on at least an every other day basis, you know, with detangling spray and stuff like this, that when you go to the groomer, it's going to cost you about twice as much. Yep. Because and- they are matted. You've got to work through everything. You know, that would be another, you know, we're talking about things to kind of think about. You know, before you get the dog, you need to go to a groomer and you need to go, this is what we're thinking about. How much is it going to cost you? Because... You know, I think most people would probably freak out if they found out, you know, with my Great Pyrenees that it costs me anywhere from 100 to 150 bucks every single time I have it groomed. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah. That's that's not like a good deal or a bad deal. That's just a normal price. Right. Um, if you go out, let's say, and pick a pug, awesome dogs, full of personality, but have a lot of health problems. They don't breathe very well with that smushy nose. Right. You know, we need to go to the vet and go, okay, how much is this going to end up costing me more than the average dog? Right. Um, I'm finding that out right now, having a deaf, three-legged pit bull. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there's a chance that we might have to use a brace on the front leg. There's a chance that we're going to have to, you know, work with a really special dog food so we can give her less to keep her skinny so she didn't get too heavy and get arthritis. Um you know, and we need to know what the health concerns are for each individual breed. That's right. So why go out and buy a puppy that you don't know these answers to? Mm-hmm. These are the. This is why I want people to go hire a trainer. This is why I want you to go visit a vet. This is why I want you to go visit a groomer before you ever consider bringing this little ball of fur home, because this is not. This is not a a quick. You know, scenario. This is fifteen years of your life. It sure is. And I'm going to tell you right now. It is now December 2nd, and I will guarantee by March 1st of this next year, there is going to be such a massive influx of young dogs being dropped off at the shelter because people aren't taking the stuff we're talking about right now seriously. We see it every year. Yep. And, you know, it's that's why I was so excited about the idea of fostering as a mm-hmm. gift. You know, um, it's a great way to tell whether your kids are going to be able to pull off helping with the responsibility of a pet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think a lot of parents have kind of a illusions of grandeur of what a five, six, seven-year-old kid is capable of. Right. I mean, if it's a five, six, seven-year-old kid, you're not getting the kid a dog. You're getting yourself a dog that you're hoping your kid will help you with. <laughs> um, right. To expect them to be, you know, little 30-year-olds that run around and, um, you know, take care of the dog 100%, that's not going to happen. No, it's not. And that's some of the stuff that we talk about when we're, we're doing this pre- Pre-evaluation. Sure. I mean, if you get a month out of having your, your child feed the dog properly on time and take it out, that, that would be a lot for you know, less than a 10, 10-year-old child. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I guess the big takeaways here are don't, don't make snap decisions when it comes to puppies or dogs. Mm-hmm. It might sound like the perfect pet. Um, you know, and I would say this, this even counts for gerbils. And guinea pigs and cats and birds and snakes and any other critter you can get. That's right. We really need to consider what that looks like before we start the process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, what do you any any parting shots on this, or or, or can we just basically say that um, pets as gifts at the holidays is probably not the best scenario? I would definitely recommend against it. You know, like I said, with the caveat, if you've done your due diligence, if you right. planned for it, then it can be an amazing gift. Um, and if it's if it's like a couple that has been wanting to get one and, you know, you're all on board, yeah. I can see it working. But there are so many ways it can go wrong and that it, it won't work out well. That Absolutely. I love your idea of this, Mike. And I think everybody just, uh, I think you gave, gave people food for thought. I got one more that just popped into my brain. Yeah. If you get a puppy, and I tell this, whether it's Christmas, whether it's the holidays, whatever, um, the other is plan on taking some time off work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got vacation time and you can take a week off to kind of set the routine, um, a lot of people will get a puppy and then still try to work a full-time job. And unless you've already set up the doggy daycare, somebody to come check on the dog, somebody to let the dog out, maybe a dog walker, you know, all these different scenarios – um, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure from that standpoint too. So make sure you have, that would be one of the pros of doing it around the holidays mm-hmm. is you have some time off, Yeah. but usually most people have that time off completely booked solid with family, friends and the holidays, not a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a puppy sure can't go, um, from nine to five without being yeah. let out. So you definitely need that. Awesome. Well, so I, I guess if they have any questions, um, we have our Facebook page for mm-hmm. the 12 minute dog podcast. Uh, Emery has a, a great Facebook page for Nature Select Dog Food. Also, the Groom Room. Yeah, the Puppy Parlor. Yes. Puppy Parlor. Um, and you, from that standpoint, um, we want people to start contacting us with people you'd like to see on the podcast. Yes. Um, great ideas. And, you know, ideas of what you want us to talk about. Um, we, we both have, um, you know, no shortage of things to talk about, but... Uh, this is all about you, not us. So Absolutely. Let us know on the Facebook page. Please follow. Um, please like. Please share. And let us know what we can do to help you guys from a pet standpoint. We're going to have a nutritional nugget coming up and a trainer's tip. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Let's take a minute to meet our sponsors. There's a reason why the only dry food we carry is Nature Select. It's because we feel it is the healthiest, most nutritious pet food for your pet. After 27 years, it's never been recalled and has only gotten better with time. We love it, and we know your pet will too. Free home delivery from your favorite local pet food supply. If you love the topics you've been listening to, remember, Mike has written tons of books on dog training, and all are available on Amazon.com. Just search the name Mike Deeth, D-E-A-T-H-E. They are available in audio ebook and print like a rewarding career in the pet industry maybe dog grooming is for you the kansas city grooming academy is the only certified grooming academy in kansas and our amazing instructors will have you ready for your career in just 10 short weeks we also have financing available so give us a call or reach out to us at kcgroomingacademy.com And now back to the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Emery with Nature Select Pet Food of Kansas City, and I'm here with this month's nutritional nugget. So the holiday season is upon us, and this is a fun time. We celebrate with our friends and family. We are cooking and eating lots of food, sometimes foods that we don't really have. So I just wanted to share with you foods that you should avoid feeding your dogs, and cats for that matter. 
So without further ado, let's get started. So chocolate is something that we eat a lot of at our family <laughs> in the holidays. So my mom and dad used to make fudge and peanut clusters, lots of things. But chocolate is very dangerous for pets, especially dogs. Now there is a chemical in it called theobromine, which is a bit like caffeine. Uh, it is toxic to dogs and even small amounts can cause diarrhea, tremors, seizures, vomiting, problems with the heart, and even death if they eat too much. And the darker the chocolate, the more potent levels of theobromine there are in it. So that's something that is definitely a no-no. So keep your chocolate away from your furry friends. Uh, another thing is alcohol. Alcohol is not good for pets. They just can't process it and break it down the way humans can. So that is definitely a no-no. So uh, anyway, you probably know about um, onions and garlic. Now there is some, um, I guess, controversy between those two because in small amounts, garlic and onions are both good for dogs. But garlics, leeks, shallots... And onions, they all belong to the allium species of plants, and they can cause toxicity, whether it's cooked or uncooked, and these can be in lots of things. So you'll want to check your ingredients and make sure that uh, you aren't feeding too much of these items during this holiday season. All right, so another thing that a lot of people don't think about, but in pies and some salads, there could be things like grapes or raisins, currants, sultanas, those are all toxic to dogs as well. Even a small amount can cause uh, severe kidney issues. So please avoid those. And one other thing that we spoke about in the past is xylitol. Xylitol is an artificial sweetener. And the tricky thing about xylitol is it has different names. They can call it wood sugar. They can call it birch sugar. There's a few other things that they can call it. So you definitely want to avoid xylitol um, for your pets. It's in chewing gums, it's in mouthwashes, toothpaste, supplements, and it's if you are using anything that is sugar-free, make sure you take a look at it and make sure that it's not in there. All right, one more thing before we move on to things that are great for your pets. Uh, one last thing to avoid is cooked bones. So whether it's from your turkey or ham, bones, once they're cooked they become very brittle and they break apart with sharp shards, which can cause a lot of internal damage to your pets. So while raw bones are fantastic, especially the marrow bones, the cooked bones definitely avoid at all costs. We'd hate for you to have to have a, a last minute rush to uh, the emergency vet with your pet over the holiday season. So, all right, well, we don't want to end on a, on a uh, bad note. So let's talk about some things that your pets will love so any meats that you have for the holiday season are going to be great. So, you know, turkey, ham, any beef, salmon, scrambled eggs are great. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that green beans are really fantastic for your pets. You can add that to your food at any time. It does give them some more vitamins and some fresh greens. However, some green beans uh, that are canned do tend to be very high in sodium. So keep an eye out for that. But other greens are like uh, Brussels sprouts are fantastic, peas, carrots, and parsnips are good. Um, you can do mashed potatoes uh, as long as I'd recommend sweet potatoes. And white potatoes, they just turn right to sugar. So I really do tend to avoid white potatoes with pets. But one thing um, about mashed potatoes, 
Butter, grass-fed butter is fine for pets in, in moderation. However, please avoid margarine and some of the other fake butters out there. They aren't that great for dogs or cats. Uh, one more thing that you could give your pet is yogurt, as long as it doesn't have xylitol in it. So I know some of those do. Anyway, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, my name is Emery Kittle. From my family to yours, I'd like to wish you a, a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. If you'd like to learn more about nutrition or would like to talk about anything, you can reach out to us. Our website is nskansascity.com. Our phone number is 913-451-7387. Feel free to call anytime. And we did just open up our new location. It's at 12902 West 87th Street Parkway, and that's in Lenexa, Kansas. So feel free to stop by Monday through Friday. We'll soon be open later and on weekends, but right now we're open from 8 to 5. So thank you very much, and for now, that's your Nutritional Nugget. Hey guys, it's Mike with Kiss Dog Training, and today's trainer's tip is how to get started with leash skills. So this is a really simple thing that I have done for years. Instead of, well, let me, let me back up. If your dog can't walk nicely on a leash inside the four walls of your house, why on God's green earth would you think that your dog could walk nicely out in the distractions of the world? So what I want you to do is go out to Amazon.com and I want you to look up hands-free leashes or runner's leashes or jogger's leashes. It will be a belt that goes around your waist with a six to eight foot leash attached to you. There's a couple of ways we can use this in the house. Number one, this is a brilliant way to potty train your dog. It keeps them right with you. They can't get away from you. They're right with you and they're learning to kind of move with you in a halo of that leash. The other thing that we can do is just start walking around the house three to five steps and stop. And I've got a handful of dog food in my hand. I'm doing my hand feeding. And every single time I stop, if I can get that little pup to run around front, sit and look at me, I'm going to pop a piece of dog food in their mouth and I'm going to walk away and the dog's going to follow me. And slowly but surely, when you don't have your hands involved and you're using food as reward and you're rewarding the sit, the dog is learning, don't pull, stay close to mom or dad, butt on the ground is what gets me all the rewards, and it takes your hands out of the picture. And why is that important? Well, think about Newton's second law. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. If you pull on the leash, the dog's natural momentum is going to be pull away from where you pulled. So you get into this, this back and forth pulling thing, whereas if I have it on a hands-free leash in the house, there's not any kind of, you know, give and take. It's just slack, and the dog is learning to kind of follow you. So for me, it's all about the dog learning to walk with you, not against you. And I think a lot of people who try to teach leash work will start with control and get frustrated over the lack of success instead of starting with freedom and making it easy and then bringing it back down to control. So um, if you're trying to potty train a puppy or you're trying to leash train a two-year-old, you know, you know, Malamute that likes to pull, this is going to work in both cases. If you've got any questions about this, uh, we even have a book on Amazon called Woe Dog Woe, which gives you step-by-step -step, um, instructions on how to teach leash skills. So um, whether it be our website, us individually, or buying a book online, we have lots of ways to help you. So just let us know what we can do, and you guys have a wonderful and happy holiday. We'll talk to you later.